0: We are being able to bless the, the ministry that's going on in Myanmar because of that, uh, that offering. So thank you very much for it. Here it is. We are going through the Apostles' Creed, and we are jumping into an area. I, how many have ever heard a sermon on Jesus going to hell? Can I see your hands? Anybody ever heard that? Okay, wow. One person, two, two individuals. Well, this is the first time I'm going to teach on that. I never taught on this before. So you can pray for me and I'll pray that God will help you understand whatever is going to be said. So let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless this time in a special way as we look at a very sacred, holy, uh, if not for the fact that it is recorded in scriptures, we would never understand the invisible world. But we thank you that as we open our hearts, you will teach us, guide us, direct us. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to hearts and lives in a special way this morning. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said. Okay, um, last week we took a look at uh, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. And what we learned from that is that because Jesus was judged for our sins, we will not be judged. Do you believe that? Because Jesus was judged for our sins, we will not be judged. Okay, everybody say that together with me. Because Jesus was judged for our sins, we will not be judged. Once more. Because Jesus was judged for our sins, we will not be judged. And I don't know if there's ever been times when you just felt like things are going bad just because I did something wrong. And that is not from God. Because the judgment already, Jesus, Jesus took the curse on himself. So that our lives uh, will not be cursed. We're looking at he descended into hell. Uh, This is an an unexplainable area if it weren't for the fact that we can get an insight into it because of what the Holy Spirit would teach us. Because there's no way that you know about hell. Have any of you ever had dreams or visions of heaven or hell? Have, Have any of you had that? I remember when I was a kid, um, while I was in my teenage years and was in high school, and I can remember having this yearning to know God. I didn't know who he was, and uh, I remember going to sleep one night, and I wasn't doing all the good things that I needed to do in, in my life, and I felt like I was getting off track, and I was ready to go to sleep, and all of a sudden, the walls all around my bedroom turned into flames of fire. And I looked at that, and I thought, is that the hell that I have this sense that there is? And I think that we need to understand uh, that there is an afterlife. There is a heaven. There is a hell. When people die, they're no longer in their bodies. Their, their life uh, leaves them. He descended into hell. <clears throat> what is hell like, and where, where is that? Uh, I could not understand some of the things in the Old Testament in the past. And as I was studying, looking at scriptures, there's a, there's a phrase that is mentioned for Old Testament saints. And it says, when they died, the spirit left their bodies. They were buried. And then it says, they were gathered unto their people. They went somewhere to gather, gather in company with others. And there was a life after this life. I don't know if you remember that in, in the scriptures, but the death of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, it's really, really clear. Abraham, when he gave up the ghost, he died. This is Genesis chapter 25, verse 8. Uh, he died in a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. When Isaac died, the son, uh, these, this is the patriarchs, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, he was gathered to his people. When Jacob died, he was gathered to his people, where did they go? And this is what we are looking at this morning. We are looking at the Old Testament saints gathered in a very special place that was set for them, reserved for them, prior to Jesus' coming. In the same way that we have faith in Christ as we look back in history, the Old Testament saints had faith in the Messiah to come as they look forward uh, into the future, and faith was necessary in both directions. And whether it's easy to understand or not, they ha- understood that there was a, a Messiah to come, and w- uh, that was a special place. That special place that they were taken to before Jesus Christ came has different names. And I, as we're going through the study today, I just realized that there's many more than the five names that I discovered. <clears throat> but um, how many of you remember the story in Luke chapter 16 of Lazarus and the rich man? You know, Lazarus was uh, a poor beggar, and dogs were licking his sores, and he was at the, uh, under the table of the rich man. The rich man uh, had uh, a very wealthy life and had no cares and uh, had no thought about God or afterlife, and then both died. And this is the, the scripture's. In chapter sixteen, the speak of it. The beggar died, and he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. So Abraham was there. Yeah, he was carried where Abraham, where Abraham was gathered with his people, and Isaac went, and Jacob went. So all of the, and Abraham was there. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So. In this space that they were in, this location that they were in, there was, uh, they were close in proximity enough so that they could see each other. So it, it, uh, Abraham and the gathering w- with his people was not somewhere far distant from where hell was. They were in the same location, but in two different stages, two different sections of that location. And um, when we get into scriptures, these are the, the different names that are given to this place. It's uh, Abraham's bosom, Hell. Uh, Hell in the Old Testament is Sheol, and in the New Testament it's Haiti. You remember when Jesus we went through the seven words, the final words of Jesus on the cross. You remember that? And when the thief looked at Jesus and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom, remember what Jesus said to to that thief? He says, today, because of the faith that you have in me, and something happened to that thief on the cross as he saw Jesus and Jesus' suffering, realized that he was more than man, he says, today, not three days from now, not a week from now, today, when we both die, you will be with me in paradise. So he calls this place paradise that he's going to. All right? So it's Abraham's bosom, it's hell, and it's also, Jesus calls it paradise. And in Ephesians 4, verse 9, Paul mentions where that place was. He says there's a day that Jesus ascended into heaven. But before he ascended into heaven, he had to descend into the lower parts of the earth. And he went into the heart of the earth. And, and then in uh, Matthew 12, verse 40, when Jesus was uh, pointing to an event of the Old Testament that mirrored what he was going to do when he died and he was going to rise again, he said, just as Jonah was in the heart of the whale... Uh, the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man, so I will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So the heart of the earth, the lower parts of the earth, paradise, hell, and Abraham's bosom are all the same place. It's a place that was a transitional place for all the Old Testament saints that were gathered together before Christ came and um, before he gave his life, through his blood, through his sacrifice, paved the way so that heaven could be open and the courts of heaven uh, could be available uh, to his people. <clears throat> Why did Jesus have to go there? You know, some people believe that he went to suffer the torments of hell for us. But I don't see it that way. I see that the torments of hell happened when his body was barraged by the, the powers of darkness the day of darkness came on on him when the earth was covered with darkness at noonday and all of the sins and the consequences of your sin and my sin was placed upon jesus christ when he died on the cross and as he breathed his last breath he cried out it is finished And that word "finished" is a word that says it is accomplished totally, completely. Everything that needs to be done for salvation has been done. But there was three days before he came back from the dead. You know, what did he go to hell for? He went to hell, not in order to suffer. He went to hell to to finish off a ministry that had to be done. The first thing he went to do, was to confirm to those that had rejected God, lived their lives apart from any of the sense of consciousness of God and morality that they had all through their lives, and now were in the prison cells of hell, and made it very clear that this was going to be their state for all of eternity. And this is what the scripture tells us, that he went to preach to the prisoners of hell. You know, a lot of people can just kind of uh, ignore afterlife. They can ignore the fact that we are frail human beings that one day are going to have to face the day of our demise on earth. But that day will come. You know, when you're younger, you just feel like you can live forever. <laughs> and then I can, I can remember when I was 30, 35 years old and um, guys were in their mid-20s and late 20s and we're playing basketball and they said, oh, I'm not like I was when I was in my teenage years, you know My body's falling apart and I'm getting old and I thought to myself I'm in my 30s. They're in their 20s. They think they're old and I don't feel like I'm old, you know And I got to be into my 50s and I thought oh, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of aging Got <laughs> to my 60s. I'm 76 now. I still don't feel that old <clears throat> I don't think that you ever will feel old until you look in the mirror, you know, and then you realize, oh, I, I am getting old. <clears throat> Why am I seeing that? You know, because, but one day all of us will face death, right? And the scripture is really clear from First Peter chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 it says, by which also he went and he preached. Jesus went to preach to the spirits in prison. They were prisoners. And they were the ones that were disobedient in the days of Noah. If you, if you remember uh, Genesis chapter 6, where it says the world was corrupt, wickedness was corrupt, the thoughts of men's minds were evil, and God had to judge the entire world. Only one family uh, was able to escape that judgment no one, his family. But judgment came. And, and all those who lived in that time were sent into a prison, and and others too, but specifically it was mentioning them. And he went to preach unto the spirits in prison disobedient in the days of Noah, speaking of the judgment that now, because of what righteousness has done in him, the evil that had been done in their lives would be judged for all of eternity. So there is a reward for righteousness and a judgment for, for evil. And and Jesus went to clarify that. He also, that was number one, he went to preach to those who were prisoners of hell. The second thing he went to do was to confront Satan, confront the, the, the devil, who thought by placing Jesus on the cross and inciting the anger against Jesus Christ in the Pharisees and the rulers of the Jews that he had gotten rid of Jesus Christ only to realize that he had made a mistake. That God had a plan that was set from the ages past before he even created human beings. Knowing what we would do, knowing the weakness of our lives, that we would sin, we would disobey, we would not trust him. He provided a way through Jesus Christ. And Satan thought he had him when he put him on a cross, not realizing that that was the step towards the salvation that God wanted to provide for all of human beings, all of humanity. <clears throat> Jesus went into the, the depths of hell to confront Satan, the Bible says. And we know that because in Revelation 1, verse 18, it says, I am he, as the book of Revelation begins to un, uh, unseal to us. In chapter 1, we see Jesus. And Jesus declares who he is. He said, I am he that lives, was dead, and now I am alive again for all of eternity. So we just covered that in our, the Apostles' Creed. Suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He sent it into hell, and we'll take a look at On And the third day he rose again. I am alive forevermore, amen, Jesus says. And look at what he says. I have in my hand the keys of hell and death. No longer is it in the hands of Satan. It has been wrenched away from Satan. It is mine now. I hold the keys into eternal life. Death and hell is not the destiny of every human being because of their sin. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, he also himself likewise took part of flesh and blood, and through death he might destroy him that has the power of death that is the devil. Satan, through what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, has been totally defeated. We're seeing the outworking of that throughout these 2,000 years and will come to its complete climax and full one day when death will be totally conquered. There's, you know, we all die, but there's coming a day, an amazing, amazing day. And I believe we might be living pretty close to the, uh, the fulfillment of that day. When Jesus Christ comes back, and the Bible says there's going to be a group of people who are not going to die. They're going to be alive to see Jesus, and their bodies <clears throat> on earth, when they see Jesus, will not go through. Even though it's appointed unto every man, once to die, there's going to be a people who will not die. Their bodies are going to be transformed. And they will step from this life into eternal life, into a body that's glorified. And so it is possible that you and I might be part of that that company that might see that. The final thing that he went to hell for. So he went to hell in order to preach to the prisoners of hell. He went to hell in order to wrench from Satan the keys of Hell and the grave and death. And he also went to hell for this purpose. All those who gathered in expectation of his coming. All the Old Testament saints that believed the Messiah would come to give his life and die for us. And we'll take a look at the insights that they had. And I believe that somehow they, they, they had visions, insights, revelations, of Jesus who was to come. They believed that there was a day that, that a Messiah would come to set them free from their sins. And this is what it said in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, by the pen of Paul, verses 8 to 10. And when he ascended up on high, uh, and I believe, well, he, when he ascended up on high, it's really clear, it's the, the scripture says, he led Those who were captive gathered in that place waiting for the coming of the Messiah. They were given the freedom now. As the courts of heaven were opened through what Jesus Christ has done, they were allowed entrance into the courts of heaven. Can you imagine for thousands and thousands of years, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob waiting for that day and finally the day came for them. You know, uh, he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth and the same also ascended up far above all of heavens. The, the gathered Old Testament saints were at that time uh, escorted when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. He took with him a, 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 an assembly, a huge, huge assembly of tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of believers from the Old Testament into the courts of heaven. I have, what, what a beautiful uh, scene that might, might have been. And there's coming a day when we're going to see a similar thing in the opposite direction. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to bring all the saints that are gathered up in heaven together uh, to uh, inhabit this earth again and uh, take over the world. <clears throat> the Old Testament saints had to wait for 4,000 years to get to heaven. You and I, when we die now, I believe that as soon as a believer dies... They are escorted right into the presence of God. I mean, you and I have a privilege the Old Testament saints have never had. I remember my, my dad having all these visions of heaven two weeks before he passed away. And God would just show him what heaven was like. It was For him, it was such a beautiful, indescribable uh, thing. He descended into hell. Because he went to hell for us, we will not go to hell. Everybody say that together. Because he went to hell for us, we will not go to hell. Everybody again, because he went to hell for us, we will not go to hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. Uh, how many remember last week that we went through a whole bunch of different scriptures from one chapter in the book of Psalms that uh, David saw and prophesied would be the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. How many of you remember that? Do you remember what chapter in the book of Psalms that was from? Who said that? <laughs> Brian, twenty-two, chapter 22? So it was from chapter 22. Not only did David foresee the crucifixion of Jesus, he saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This might not be really clear uh, when you read through Psalms, Psalm 16, it wasn't clear to me. Uh, but let's read together the, the, um, the verse in red. Everybody together. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to seek corruption. Is that, um, is that kind of clear that that was speaking of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? You know, I, I could not understand that. I'm reading it. But... We get clarification in all these scriptures by what Jesus taught his disciples. You know, the disciples did not understand a lot of things. But he was, you know how how long Jesus was on earth? He rose from the dead three days after he died, presented himself to his disciples. And then he ascended into heaven. You know how long he was on earth? Anybody know how long he was on earth spending time with the disciples before he went to heaven? Anybody know? One week? I guess 40 days. How many? 40 days. Very good. Good, Danny. Yeah, it was 40. He was on earth for one month and 10 days. 40, he was on earth for 40 days, spending time 24 hours a day with his disciples. And he was teaching them from the scriptures what scriptures was he teaching them from Matthew Mark Luke John Romans Corinthians Galatians none of the new testament scriptures were written yet everything he taught them about himself his death his burial his resurrection, his life was all from the old testament you know we're this is Pentecost Sunday today and On Pentecost Sunday was when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to fall. When the Holy Spirit fell, there was a gathering of Jews from all over uh, Asia. And they gathered for the Feast of Pentecost from all these different countries with different languages. And they heard the disciples as they were speaking in these languages. They were attracted to it. Peter stands up and he begins preaching to them. This is what has happened. This is what took place here. Jesus of Nazareth was crucified, but he's alive again. And what you see is the evidence of Jesus. And this is, he includes, he says, when Jesus rose again from the dead, it was predicted. It was prophesied by David, our king, our illustrious king. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 27, he repeats what we just read from Psalms 16. And he says, this is what confirms the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, how how did they know that? Because Jesus taught them. (laughs) They, They sat, they listened to Jesus, and they're repeating what Jesus said. Because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, speaking of Jesus... Prophesied in the Old Testament and not allow your Holy One to undergo decay. It says that was the prophecy of David concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Peter's preaching and 3,000 people give their lives to the Lord on that day. <clears throat> Do you know that Abraham, have you ever had the question of why uh, God asked Abraham to take his son up into the mountain to kill him? You know, why would, why would God do that? God says, don't murder. And he would, he's asking his Abraham to murder his own son. What <clears throat> is really interesting is this when Abraham was taking his son up into the mountain, he says to his servants, I and the lad will go yonder worship and will come again. We're going to come back. Was he lying? Was he, was, was he hoping? Or was he assured? I, I think he's declaring something that was was a, on the basis of faith that he believed in. He says, we're going to go up, and he knows what he's going to do. He's not, he's not telling his servants, I'm going to have to kill my son, but we both are coming back, and he's going to be alive when we come back. Do you know why he could say that? Because I believe he saw the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and God was asking him to do what Jesus was going to do in the future, what God was going to do with Jesus Christ. So I just want you to act out on earth what is going to actually happen in reality in my kingdom. Well, how can you say that? Well, because that's what Paul says in Hebrews, if you believe Paul was a writer of Hebrews. Hebrews eleven, seventeen, 17, and 19. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac, accounting that God was able... To raise Isaac up, even from the dead. Did you ever see that verse before? Abraham had confidence that if he killed Isaac, God, by a miracle, a supernatural work, was going to raise Isaac back up from, from the dead. So How did he get that insight? How did he understand that? How could he have that kind of faith? Because he saw into the future the God he believed in was a God who could raise Dead to life again. From whence also he received him in a figure. You know, what does that mean? He received him in a figure. I believe that that him is Jesus. Abraham saw Jesus who was going to die and rise again, and the figure represents uh, a comparison of one thing with another. This is what the the Greek says uh, a metaphor. He saw his life as a metaphor of what was to come, and he had faith. He said, if God can do that, then God, in his own son, he's going to do that for my son. Jesus predicted his own death and resurrection, and he he told his disciples in the same way that the Son of Man was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, Um, just as Jonah would be three days and three nights in the heart. Um, whale's belly Jesus told his disciples I must suffer many things of the elders the chief priests and the scribe be killed and raised again from the dead he says all these things are written by the prophets and it's going to happen because the scripture says so it was predicted ahead of time by the prophets and they will put the son of man to death but the third day he will rise again and they understood none of these things and the saying was hid from them Yet he rose again. And he revealed himself in his glorified body to his disciples. We're not going to talk about that glorified body. We'll talk about it at the tail end of our series on the Apostles' Creed. Uh, Can you switch to the next uh, slide? So he revealed himself to Mary. Next slide. And he revealed himself to his disciples. Next slide. We're going to close this off here. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. Because because he resurrected to new life, we are assured of new life. Everybody say that with me. Because he resurrected to new life, we are assured of new life. Next slide. Uh, Because Jesus was judged for our sins, we will not be judged because he went to hell for us. We will not go to hell because he resurrected to new life. We are assured of new life. Next slide. And next slide. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. Aren't you glad Jesus did what he did for us? Gave his life, crucified, was buried, went to hell, rose again from the dead, and... uh, Next week, we will take a look at uh, the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does in all of our lives. We'll take a look at this video, and uh, we'll have the worship team come up and get ready to close us off.
1: In 2 Kings chapter 6, the prophet Elisha and his people are about to be attacked by the Syrian people in the city of Dauphin. Elisha's servant had gotten up early one morning, only to find the Syrian army encamped around the city. Naturally, he was afraid, and he asked Elisha what they should do. Elisha told him to not be worried, because there were more fighting for the Israelites than the Syrians. Elisha even prayed to God to open his servant's eyes so he could see this. And this is what the Bible says happened next. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha, the army of God. King David put this so eloquently in Psalms 121.1, I lift up mine eyes to the hills, whence doth my help come from? Now let's contrast this with one of the most famous passages in all 66 books of the Bible. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Here, the psalmist David recognizes that there is no depth we can sink to where God is not there for us. And in the story of Elisha and the Syrian army, it illustrates that there is no heights we can go to where God is not there for us. Now some of you might be thinking, Jake, that sounds great, but you don't know what I've done. You don't realize how many times I've committed sexual sin, or lied, or stolen, or cheated, or hit my kids, or hurt my spouse, or hurt other people. I've been sitting for so long. God wants nothing to do with the piece of filth that I've become. Well, to you my friend, I'd like to read Romans 8.38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Did you catch that part about creation? Nothing in all of creation, including you, who is a created being, can separate you from the love of God. Jesus went through hell for you. If you're a believer, you have been made new. You have been converted. You are as righteous now as you will be when you get to heaven. Let me repeat that because I missed it the first time somebody said it to me. You are as righteous now as you will be when you get to heaven. Because when God looks at you, he doesn't see the the dirty, messed up piece of junk that you've become. He sees Jesus. There's no height you can climb to, no distance you can travel, no moral depth you can sink to, where Jesus won't come find you.
2: Amen. Can we all stand? How many are grateful for Jesus? He is the Savior. Can we pray this morning, and we're going to close in in worship, declaring his amazing grace. God, thank you so much for what you did on the cross. Thank you that you not only suffered a death that we deserved, you paid a price that we could not pay. But when you said it was finished, And you took everything on yourself on the cross. You descended to hell to take away the keys of sin and death, hell and death. And God, we can stand in confidence knowing, Lord, that we have eternal life because our faith and our trust is in you. You are our Savior. You are our Lord. Can you just repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, thank you that you forgave my sin. Thank you that you died and you descended to hell. You took the keys of hell and death so that I can live in freedom and no longer fear. There is no death for me because you overcame and I declare life in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, your love, your grace. And that you've called us to represent you even as you even as you used abraham in the past to be a metaphor of jesus christ in the future god you've called every single one of us to be a metaphor to be your hands and feet of what you did in the past god help us to faithfully be ambassadors of you to a world that's looking for truth for a world that's looking for a connection to your Father. Help us to be that bridge. Help us to be the ones that share the good news and preach the good news before you come again. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's worship him for who he is. Thank you, Lord, that you died as a lamb, but you are coming back as a king. You're coming back as a lion. God, you are the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and who you called us to be. We give you all the praise and honor in Jesus' wonderful name. All God's people said, amen. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face turn to you, shine upon you, give you his peace. God bless. Have a great day.